0: 20 yards away. That is a duel from Dewey! Jim Cahill has done it again! What a goal by Jim Cahill! Thompson! Just... Uh, oh. Five goals to Archie! Bring that particular set-up from what Melbourne And the league champion Jack Lewis O'Neill!
1: On half-time, The World Game with Carlos Alberto Diego from 4diegos.com. For auction your car, car auction this Saturday.
2: Movie. It's been a while since I've heard it. He's been too busy for us, but he's back in town. <laughs> we think it's fantastic. Carlos, I'm sorry we held you up with your life, but it's great to have you back. Welcome, mate.
1: Aha, uh-huh. It's fantastic to be back, and uh, very geek. And by the way, I've been knocking the door down to be back. Mate, you've been I too have busy been knocking the door. Down. They're never too busy. busy for half time, and never too busy for SCN listeners out there I've who are fantastic.
2: Global megastar, and you just ditched me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just too cool for me. He said, oh, I helped a little fella out. So yeah, you're the back. one
1: hanging around the ICC corporate boxes and hosting all the uh, you know, the high-browed people from the other side of town.
2: It was good fun last night. I enjoyed it last night. I know. Enjoy Almost Hmm. as much as Toad in Carlton has enjoyed the soup he's just made. We'll just digress for a a touch. (laughs) Toad's a very good supporter of the program. I like his work. He's in the kitchen somewhere. I don't know where he is, but he's in the kitchen somewhere making stuff. He says, I've done it half. I've just made the best soup ever. (laughs) I like this. Picture this, he says, pea and ham hock soup with shredded ham-filled wontons. Mm. Chunky and yet light. It's lunchtime. Mm. Toad, I need a bucket of that straight to SEN, please. I don't know where you are, but that needs to come. That and sounds visit like me. pea
1: soup, pea and ham soup, and uh, and dim sims.
2: How delicious does that sound? <laughs> that sounds really good to me. Toad, bucket of that to four seven three Swan Street, please. Thank you very much. Last night was great, Carlos. I enjoyed it. I was a little bit uh, hesitant going into it because yep. of some of the feedback from Saturday night's game with uh, Real and, and AS Roma, when the nil all draw. But uh, Roma got through on penalties. Yep, and some negativity coming from from that contest from uh, the fans that I was speaking to, or that were SMSing in through the last couple of days. But within three minutes, I had my money's worth.
1: Yeah, let's let's not let's not uh, try and you know cover it up, cover up this with anything else other than the fact that this is just one big copper Dell kissing your sister. That's <laughs> all. That's what this tournament <laughs> is.
2: All right, now, there's a few things I've missed about. You. <laughs> But what, kissing, no one else has mentioned Copperdale kissing your sister? Well, there's sister. been no mentions of kissing sisters <laughs> since you've been gone. And you come straight back in and the first thing you give me yeah. is Copperdale kissing your sister. And look, this I know there's some
1: listeners out there who don't like me using that phrase, but I have to use it on in this occasion because every Aussie out there knows what I'm talking about. Yes. Uh, anyone who expected any different from, it doesn't matter what level of uh, club and player, uh, how elite they are, they're in pre-season phase. And as much as people think that uh, you know, it was really disappointing the lack of intensity on the Friday night game, um, you know the fact that they didn't play their great their top players for the full ninety minutes, and they yeah. didn't run their guts out, and they didn't <laughs> lunge into tackles and spill blood and stuff like that, that was never going to happen. Surely if the, no one expected
2: that. Kind of well, the way,
1: the way you know, especially on social media, and you know some of the articles have been written about uh, how limp that game was, and uh, and the fact that. Uh, you know they would you know some people felt cheated you know with the amount of money they paid for the game that they that they wanted something with a little bit more intensity about it but if anyone, anyone who knows sport let 's not let's let 's not even talk about world football anyone who knows sport mm. uh, they follow their afl they follow their rugby they follow their basketball there is a there 's a pre-season phase of uh, of training and doesn 't matter how hard that those players want to go they their minutes are often limited by the club and by you know the physios and by the uh, the sports scientists in, at the you know in, at the club. So yep. they're going to make a decision about how hard you go. I mean, in the first game, Francesco Totti, who they've got billboards on and they you know they really uh, used him as one of the figureheads of the promotion of the whole thing. The king he, of Rome. Yeah, he went off after. 32 minutes or something, and he wasn't injured or anything. That was the time That's they enough. allocated for him, the minutes he was to play. So the question I ask is not, not whether you know, you've been disappointed with it, because you know, if you're going to it for any other reason other than just the spectacle and the fact it's a bit of a circus and you can see you know, some great players, some of the world's best players ever, like Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, David Silva, and these sort of guys, uh, you, you're seeing them close up. You might see them at training. If you're, yeah. if you're going to those games for any other reason than that, uh, you're going for the wrong reason.
2: If you think this is Champions League final, you are sorely mistaken. Absolutely not,
1: and I, and I would think that people—we're still getting really big crowds last night. Was I think forty-three thousand? Yep. Uh, even 43. the Liverpool games are getting over fifty thousand, and uh, and of course on the week on Friday night they're saying it's going to be a sellout anyway. It'd be awesome. So you know there is a reason other than the the intensity of the game, people are, or the contest people are going there for. They might not be able to articulate it, but they're going. So the question I ask. Out there is not whether you've been disappointing about the intensity. The question I ask is, would you welcome this again? And is there a legacy for, for, from, from these games and this tournament that's going to flow through? And it won't be money. We know the money is not flowing into the football in Australia. But is there anything that flows, some legacy or benefits of flow back where you'd welcome this again?
2: Well, uh, funny you say that, Carlos. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen is the number to call to have a chat to Carlos this afternoon or zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen via the SMS. Richard in Collingwood, I think, is thinking along similar lines.
0: Hello, Richard. Good day, gents. Carlos, love your work. Thanks, Richard. Uh, yeah, no, I was just interested in... Because there's a, a lot of discussion always around, le- you know, that the term legacy is banded around. Um, I was interested in, in Carlos' opinion about what he thinks the legacy should be Um, from clubs like Liverpool who want to come or have now stated that they want to come to Australia every couple of years because they see that it's a huge market for them and and obviously, you know, similar tournaments as as is in Melbourne at the moment that could be played in in Australia. Um, What, you know, what Carlos sees or or what he would like to see is the legacy, what he thinks is a valuable legacy moving forward. Well, for me, and
1: great question there, Richard. For me, the most important... I think the Liverpool games for Australian football have left a bigger legacy yep. than the say Real Madrid AC uh, Roma uh, AS Roma and uh, Man City games because Liverpool have played a local a couple of local teams they played Brisbane Raw, and what a great game that was uh, last friday saturday i can 't remember the night but I was watching it on oh, TV speaking. and uh, and Brisbane Raw really held their own at times, but Liverpool were there to play. It was fantastic, and of course Liverpool again uh, showcasing their new players in James Milner and a few others, uh, you know some of the young guys coming through up against Adelaide United, full houses, fifty thousand plus for me you know the 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 experience that our local players get from from playing against these players uh, is fantastic. They can go back to training, know that, you know, of course we can't go 90 minutes with these clubs. We can go for 10, 15, 20 minutes at times, keeping the ball off them and switching direction of play and and technically just as good. We just can't sustain it over time. That's got to... Uh, you know, accelerate the, uh, the development of some of our players and the confidence of our coaches. And, and the other thing too, Richard, is that people forget. And I was lucky enough on Monday to be invited to a training session for all the referees that are involved with the International Champions Cup. And I actually got to meet and interview Mark Clattenburg, who's probably in the top three referees in the world. And Jared uh, Gillett, who uh, is Australia's number one, had a bit of a bit of a moment last night, which we could probably talk about with the penalty, the, the non-penalty the, the oh, decision. I mean, that was man. pretty awful. But
2: even I knew that was a penalty.
1: I know, but I, I got to meet them, and the, the fact that Mark Clattenburg and there was a Japanese referee and an American referee that came, and they were doing, uh, uh, you know, some of the uh, refereeing games. They were refereeing some of the games also. Uh, just the the way our Uh, local referees and the referees around Australia who were were at that training session the way they were just lapping in all the information that they could get and I've also just driving here today just seeing already the billboards of Melbourne City uh, you know with their billboards with their memberships uh, this is our city already it looks fantastic and I just reckon we're getting smarter in uh, even if we're not directly involved we're getting smarter in sort of you know, maybe using it as a bit of a springboard to something else. But Richard, great question, mate. And uh, and I just think there is a lot of uh, legacy here. And even things, little things like Channel 9, I've been very critical over the years uh, with their treatment of football and Channel 7 also, the the big commercial stations. Uh, but they are almost road testing their ability to run football tournaments. Uh, not run football tournaments, but co- the coverage cast, of football. Yeah. To- and, and they might be looking at, in 2017, to to maybe take on the rights of the A-League and, and the Socceroos, but they're looking at it now and, and also educating themselves about how to go about it. So I reckon there's legacies all over the place
2: here. Interesting from you, your analysis of that situation, the broadcast point of view. Hey, Richard, stay on the line or give us a call back, whatever applies. You might have to give us a call back. Well, you might still be there. The Elmore Oil Pack coming your way, plus two-month supply of Life Space at Broad Spectrum Probiotics. You also get every prize winner gets the two bottles of Cocoa Hydrate. try the Tropical, that's a beauty, and the Tupitoki Hams as well, the New Delhi Range available at Uh, uh Stay on the line. We'll get your details. Carlos, the, um, for the SMS machine is coming in thick and fast. Uh, you, you posed a question, what would be the legacy? And there's callers coming in as well. But this is a bit of feedback from the SMS off the top. Would certainly welcome this again. Seems to be a big success in the US. Would be great to get a few different teams next year, says uh, Peterson. Gaze in Leavenant says, I'm loving it. The skill level is awesome. And it can only be good for the A League. Hundred percent, bring them back, says anonymous. I went with my son to Real Madrid training into the game last night, and we loved it. And want to see more teams, please. And Michelle asked a bit of a question to you. Afternoon, boys. So, are the current games more like the Globetrotters scenario? Well, look, they're not.
1: The Globetrotters are out to entertain. Yeah. And I know the promoters of this tournament are, are suggesting that it's great entertainment, but the players aren't out there to entertain. They're they're in their phase of training. And even when they had the penalty shootout on Friday, and uh, and the, I forgot the girls. No, Sam, Sam Squires, Sam uh, the, the the boundary. Uh, I any yeah, the boundary journo or reporter for Channel Nine. And she asked Ashley Cole, you know, have you ever been any more nervous than that on the penalty shootout or something like that? Right. And he sort of chuckled a bit and he said, oh, look, you know, we've been involved in some pretty big things in pretty World Cups coach, and yeah. things like that. Uh, you know, it's good to win. And he just sort of played it right down. Uh, nice about yeah, it, this, is, this is not a globetrotter scenario because it's not about entertainment for the players. But we're, we, we just love having them here. And, uh, you know, there's, there's chances to, to rub shoulders with some of these guys at training and, uh, and, you know, at the end of the game and so forth when they come and greet the fans. And uh, I think in that respect, it does generate a lot of excitement with true football lovers.
2: Well, take your calls. nine four two nine eleven sixteen 1116 on the question the Carlos asked about the legacy of the International Champions Cup and what it means going forward, what it does for the game here, what it does for the teams it does for the players the opportunities they get and for the fans as well. well take your calls on that there's a few other issues on that on the side of that Carlos that we'll touch on as well through the afternoon but 9 4, 2, 9 11 16 if you want to have your say with Carlos after this on halftime and he's onside here Raheem
0: Sterling what a start in a Manchester City shirt. the 100
2: didn't take long for Raheem Sterling to get himself involved last night. Three minutes in, his first appearance for the light blue, the sky blue colour there, Carlos, of Manchester City. Great performance uh, from him. His first touch was a little bit sloppy. <laughs> he fell over while he was on top of the ball. But the second one was pretty bloody good. And yeah. uh, I imagine they would have been very, very pleased Man City, with what they saw from him in these first 45.
1: Yeah, but he's got to produce too. I mean, he's now in a change room full of world stars. It's not like he's, with all due respect to our Liverpool fans out there, we know there's a lot, so I don't want to ever disappoint the don't Liverpool fans. Don't disappoint them. Don't I love them. the Liverpool fans. I love <laughs> Liverpool. But they don't have the calibre of world stars in that change room and, uh, and the egos. Now, he was probably one of the two or three biggest egos in the Liverpool change room. Uh, especially after Luis Suarez went away. He was probably the guy that wanted to do whatever he wanted to do. Yeah. And uh, now he's in the Manchester City change room and they are all got equally sized ego. So So uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see how he goes about it. They have to obviously, you know, play him. But when you've got to... Well, there's talk about Aguero maybe going to Real Madrid, but at the moment, Aguero's at the club and there's a lot of other great players. Zeko, they're, they're talking about moving him on. Uh, but there's a, a lot of great strikers there and there's no guarantee how... That, irrespective of how much they, play, they pay for players, that you're going to get a game. You've got to perform. And uh, I think Man City, after last season, uh, without any silverware, uh, they're going to demand the best out of whoever they've got in that squad. So it'll be interesting to see how he copes with that. But he started off well last night. And uh, he played half a game too.
2: Got a bit of a uh, razz and the, his first touch. Liverpool fans yeah. seem to get into him a bit, which uh, flabbergasted um, Samir Nasri, who's commented today on one of the, one of the websites, saying, we didn't expect this. at the game between AS Roma and Manchester City in Australia. We didn't expect this. Uh,
1: that's why Samir Nasri is a really great footballer, but probably doesn't know much more about things around him. I mean, even uh, there was... A, actually, to tell you the truth, uh, that's a bit tough on Samir, because uh, there were one or two players that came out and was, especially the AS Roma players, and they were shocked about the interest in their team. Yeah, they thought with in the tournament with Real Madrid and Manchester City, Manchester City because they were an EPL club, everyone sees them every week. Real Madrid, well, everyone knows Real Madrid. Mm. AS Roma is a fantastic club, deep, steeped in history. But because we don't get the Italian league beamed into Australia like we do the EPL, yeah, uh, not easily so the coverage. Yeah, yeah, not easily got. They were a bit shocked with the interest, and there's a huge interest here. So, yeah, I don't want to be too. Disparaging of uh, Sammy Nasri, but uh, I think it's surprised a lot of people the the latent support for the game in this country.
2: And surely he's going to cop worse than that over back, oh. back in England.
1: Yeah, he's, he'll be getting it for years. I mean, he'll be getting it for years. And
2: if he if he's
1: if he at all thinks that he's hardly done by, well, again, he must have growing up on Mars and not know. I mean, Liverpool supporters will remind him for the rest of his career. I mean, Leeds supporters, I mean, there was a story just recently that Harry Kuehl had to block Leeds supporters from his Twitter account. I mean, Leeds, I
2: mean... a long time
1: ago. Absolutely. They have, they're they're elephants. They have long, long memories, these guys.
2: Well, he answered the best possible way last night the third minute did uh, Raheem Sterling, the $107 million man. Darren's in Camberwell, Carlos. G'day, Dazzler.
1: Uh, g'day boys. I was at the game on Saturday night at the G uh, on the invitation of one of the major sponsors and uh, they had Craig Foster answering a few questions prior to the game and I appreciate what you guys have said about you know the, the, the guys being in their pre-season but Craig said that uh, he was asked whether or not they were going to be treating it as a friendly and he said these, these guys don't play friendlies. They'll be, out, they'll be out there, it's going to be fair income. And I guess given that, um, you know, some of the asking price for the tickets uh, for these games that are going to be on, I would have thought that they there might have been a little bit more intensity. I have to admit, I found it pretty boring. I, 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 I did last 22 minutes, then I went home. But um, I went to the Melbourne game versus Brisbane the next day, and it was probably one of the worst games of football <laughs> I've ever seen, and I think I enjoyed that more. Yeah. Look, I, you know, when Fozzie said that it'll be... Uh, you know they'll be going out. At pro- These guys are professionals. They don't even during practice matches. It's not that they suddenly start strolling around and, and just sort of uh, just sort of saving themselves. They don't. They go hard for the time that they're on there. We got to remember Cristiano Ronaldo in the first half. I don't know if you saw it, but there's a couple of you know. You never use the word the term heavy touch and Ronaldo in the same sentence. Mm. I mean, he did a couple of heavy touches. I mean, he had as good a touch as what I did when I was playing in, in that first half. You were a prolific strong. You know, I was a star in the pub leagues, I know, and with good <laughs> groins, I could have been anything half. You know that, don't you? But but Cristiano Ronaldo looked very, very, very rusty. And so it's not like they, they it's not that they don't try hard. It's just that they're getting into their their groove for the season that starts in three or four weeks' time. And and so is right in that respect, but. You know, these guys are coming off uh, a break, and uh, and they have certain minutes to play and certain roles to play, and they've got to yep. rotate people, and, and that's what we're going to get.
2: They're trying to survive. And what I did notice last night, Carlos, was when they were on the ball, and you too, Darren, when they are on the ball, there was a spark. Yeah. It was when they were off the ball that you didn't sort of have that energy to, to move into the right spots or defend or... It was just a little bit lacklustre in that point of view, but that's—I think—that's just the situ- situation we find ourselves in. The pre-season games, and ab-, ab challenge match is yeah. what it is. And we get the, these some of the
1: kids that are getting—I'd go- never heard of some of the kids that were getting going. They weren't the even in the brochure, uh, in the booklet. No, but I tell you what, and they had the big numbers like sixty-seven yeah, and seventy-eight. They did too. But these kids are running around like headless chooks. They wanted the ball. They wanted to show what they could do. And there was a couple of nice little moves by the young boy Barker and Horsfield in uh, for the Manchester City team. And, yeah. uh, and never heard of these guys, but they're suddenly on the world stage, and they want to prove themselves to Manuel Pellegrini and a few others. So, uh, look, you get this mix of the experienced guys trying to look after themselves and the younger guys running around trying to make the most of their moment. So uh, that's what you're going to get. And uh, if you get a great game, and last night's was a good game, uh, I think it's a bonus with these things.
2: Darren, stay on the line. Love your honesty. That's good. Uh, If you were happier with Melbourne Brisbane... I suggest you should have stayed around for more than 22 minutes because that was the worst game of footy I've seen just about <laughs> ever. Uh, you couldn't have been that bored. 22 minutes wasn't long enough. Give it more next time, but uh, the Elmore Oil Pack coming your way. Two month supply of Life Space, broad spectrum probiotics, the cocoa Hydrate bottles, and the Batoki hams as well. Mark's in Collingwood. day, Mark. Hey, half. Hi, buddy.
0: But, um, my first game to the soccer last night, and I took along, uh, I coached an under 13 footy team out at Heidelberg. Yep. I was amazed. At The knowledge that those 13-year-old kids had about the guys running around out there, and they are hardcore Aussie, Aussie rules, I call them football, footballers, mate. that's a proper code.
2: Yep, that's okay. But
0: um, my, my other two comments are, I was amazed at the elite foot skills these guys had, hot controlling the ball, and I've got a question, what was with the funky penalty kicks that they did? Can you <laughs> tell me what they were doing there. The funky, little chip yeah, shots? Yeah, the little
1: chip shots that sometimes you know, work.
0: Kind was the second,
1: yeah. Of the goalkeeper saved at the last one there, yeah. Well, we saw a few in the Asian Cup, if you remember. Uh, the Iraq Mahmud in the Iraq team tried a few and he missed one in one of the early games and he was pillared, pilloried by uh, Pillaried. by his uh, fans, the Iraqi fans. Uh, but then he tried it again in the third and fourth place game, I believe, and he and he came off so. Uh, I used to think that they were all just, you know, things that you'd try out in friendly games and stuff, but I've seen more and more of this happening in, uh, in you know, games that are worth something, and it's such reward if you can get – I mean, you, you're a genius, if or you're a magician if you get it, if it comes off, but you're a real loser – you're if uh, yeah, oh yeah, you, you you really do get criticised if it doesn't come off. It you're you're air rising a bit.
2: It does make a bit of sense? I and mean, you think about it. The, the goalkeeper. More often than not, will choose a side. Yeah. And they'll go as soon as you strike the ball. They'll go. So if you can just take the pace off it, doesn't matter if you can put it down the middle with a little chip shot. Yep. Very rarely they're going to get back. Now we saw Joe Hart the last in the tenth and final penalty yep. um, save it to keep City in it last night. But he was on
1: his bum having to do it. But he, but he did actually suffer the ultimate humiliation. He wasn't happy about it early on in the penalty shootout where someone actually did chip over. and yeah, and so he was. Uh, he was livid. He, he was not happy at he fired all. fired the ball back at him. If anyone says it, they don't take it seriously. Pride's at stake here too. Uh, so when he actually saved that one with someone, the, the the that final penalty taker, or one of them tried it again, he made sure that uh, he let the guy know and, that, uh, uh, that, you know, you don't try that on me, mate.
2: And his his penalty was very impressive. <laughs> well, it was on the top roof. quarter, yeah. Wooshka. Yep. That was very nice. Mark's down the line. The New York Minute Voucher coming your way, plus the other goodies as well. David's in Good G'day, David.
0: How are you going? Good. Um, my question is, is um, I heard in the news that the... Managers weren't happy with the MCG pitch. I mean, what's their issue? I mean, it's a pretty good pitch, isn't it, half? is played on it. Well,
2: I think I'm <laughs> glad you brought this up. I wanted to bring this up with Carlos because, oh, yeah. certainly from an Australian rules Ooh. point of view, it's, it's magnificent. Yep. But, Carlos, I did notice last night, having heard some of those concerns about the state of the pitch, that it was a bit sticky for the ball and the players couldn't quite trust the bounce like they would on a, a elite standard yep. international. Soccer pitch. Uh, explain why to our listeners as to what the difference is. Well, I, I'm outraged, by the way. Well, don't be
1: outraged. I, I'm outraged. A couple of things. I mean, the line markings. I mean, you still had the 50 metre arc in there. You could see that and you could see the centre circle. And, and All right, hold fire. We're
2: going to get to a yeah. break. Come back and answer that question. Uh, we, hey, we tried to wash out the 50 metre arc. It was hard work. Oh, no. We just left a half yeah, job. I'm outraged. Don't be outraged. <laughs> just make your lines brighter. <laughs> 25 to 2, more calls, more Carlos after this. 21 to 2, Carlos Alberto Diego is back with us on half time. He's been too cool for us for a little while, but he's back and we're happy about that. So much to talk about, of course, uh, with the International Champions Cup in Melbourne. It's very, very exciting times for world football fans. It was Saturday night action, it was last night action, and Friday night with Real and Man City is expected to be a, almost a sellout with the MCG, Carlos. But we are talking before the break about the surface of the MCG. Mm. What's your take on that? Uh, I'm outraged. Don't be outraged. I know.
1: I, I, and I know Why are you outraged? There's reasons. Before the groundsmen of the world uh, start ringing in and abusing me and stuff, I know that there's reasons. You know, you've got different sports using it all the time. AFL, you know, they own that ground at this time of the year. Absolutely understandable, right? But if you're going to have this level of, uh, of tournament mm-hmm. coming to Australia... You've, you're incumbent to... It's only to, a pre-season tournament. Well, I mean, people, paying, but people paying big money, though. Yes, though. Pay, pay, paying big positions. money, and the extra touch players have on the field, uh, and a lot of it could be due to the fact that the, the surface is not great, that's going to that's gonna affect the spectacle at, at, the, at the end of the day. And, uh, and if you want... If the Victorian major events want to continue to have these sort of football tournaments in Australia on a yearly or by, you know, by yearly... Um, uh, sort of level they, they have to be able to do something about that And I remember going to watch The Socceroos play Juventus In 1985 at the old MCG Before, the they, did old all the, MCG. before they did all yeah, the Renovations yeah. And I've got to, if I pulled that tape out today It's a VHS <laughs> If I pulled that tape out today the, 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 the ground looked the same I still remember the ball bobbling around everywhere and the ground looked the same. And I was watching it last time It would be the same. It was exactly the no same. No way would it have been it was, the same. It might have been more fancy grass these days, no but it looks way. exactly the same. I challenge our friends out there who've got that tape, the Juventus-Socceroo game, uh, when Marshall Soper got punched in the head by Antonio Cabrini <laughs> <laughs> and Johnny Cosmina was cleaning up all the Italians. Yeah. It, was just, it was a vicious game, by the way. But uh, I still remember the, the state of that ground. It, last night's ground reminded me of that. No, so, it wasn't. There was no any of that bad. And but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. That's not a personal attack on grounds people either. It's well just it is, the circumstances absolutely. of uh, of what's happened.
2: No, there's no possible way you can prepare that venue any differently in such a short period of time because you've got a game there on Sunday was it Friday nights? Probably Saturday game there as well, can't remember. You've got a game there against again next, this weekend, a couple of games this weekend. You've got Friday night to get ready for, so you go from Sunday to Tuesday to get yep. the ground ready. Yep. And you, it's in condition for an AFL season. This yep. is a, a sideshow, effectively. Yep. Whilst it's very important and we love having them here, it's mm-hmm. a sideshow, effectively, from the grounds point of view because that's not the main income for the ground for the mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. Australian rules football is. But having said that, I did notice, and you mentioned heavy touches there, that were, players were unsure at times as to what the ball would be doing. That being said, Swanee brings up a point off the SMS. They play in snow in yeah. Europe. Yeah. Surely they can deal with a few bobbles on the MCG. Oh, uh, are we getting a little uh, bit no, precious, Carl? Yeah,
1: and we probably are a little bit because these these so-called great players grew up in in squalor in ghettos, and they played with, you know, with, you know, I don't know plastic bottles on on gravel roads and stuff like that. So who am I to say that? Uh, but I am. But I, I just, what I'm saying is that do something about it. Uh, find a do? way. Find I don't know. I'm not an expert in this in stadiums and, of and you look are. after. But find a way to make sure these surfaces are as good as possible and they look they actually look like a football ground. I mean, with the line markings last night. I'm sorry. It's just it's a pet hate of mine. And I think this day and age with all the technology and stuff and all the ways of growing and Put, you know, lifting up grass and pulling and bringing other grass in. You can do a million things these days. You're
2: not just going to take out the just, arc, are Just you? do it. Just relay the arc. <laughs> just do it. You can't be relaying and resetting yeah, <laughs> the know. arc, Carlos. Know. There's got to be a way. David and Tallamare might have one of those ways. Hello,
0: David. Yeah, hi, Guy. Carlos, uh, I was at that soccer <laughs> Juventus game back in 1984, and, and you're right, mate. I'm in my 50s now, and the G is just not for soccer. I've got cousins ringing me from Europe saying, what is that pitch mm. our boys are playing on? It's just ridiculous, which takes me to the next point. But with soccer growing so, so at such a fast pace in Australia now, is it time down here in Victoria to have a 70,000, 75,000-seat stadium for soccer? And sure, rugby will probably use it too. But something that can take the game to the next level again.
1: Don't, absolutely, and I'm still. I mean, I'll, you talk about being outraged. I'm still angry over the fact that they the bubble stadium only holds officially thirty one thousand or something. Uh, unofficially, I think it. it uh, I, I, well, I think we only get a, a capacity area is twenty eight or something. But uh, but thirty one is. A, I, I could never understand five or six or seven or whatever years it was that where they came up with that idea. And there was a bit of a big debate. I remember on SCN about the whole thing. Wasn't
2: it due to? Um capacity of Eddie Head Stadium. Yeah, and
1: there was some contractual thing. But yeah. again, find the way, half. This well, was always going to happen.
2: Well, was it always going to happen?
1: It was always going to happen. Had
2: a, we had a busted competition in the, the country for many, many years. Oh, in a you NSL. mean?
1: Oh, yeah, but we we're, we're di- game The game was busted. Yeah, but we'd, we'd already had so 50,000. Sure no, we'd already had 50,000 at Eddie Head. Uh, for a mediocre game between Melbourne Victory and Sydney United, Sydney FC in that second year. It was going to happen.
2: That was the A-League, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying.
1: But that's, that's when they, they had this stadium built. Remember, we started off Olympic Park. and yep. Yep. So it was during the A-League era. It was always going to be bigger. The Socceroos making the World Cup was always going to be a bit of a rainmaker for the sport and also governments who wanted to invest in holding games, hosting games. So for me... Uh, we missed out on an opportunity. That should have been the 75,000 stadium. Uh, and by the way, even before that, with the Jeff Kennedy or all those years ago, Etihad was originally slated for being a football stadium, football soccer stadium. And, and rugby, there Was okay. that, that was from my memory. Now, I stand to be corrected out there. Uh, but uh, I remember the first uh, concept was a football, rugby, uh, rectangular stadium. That was Etihad. And then somehow the AFL came into it and maybe because they they decided to fund it or whatever. I'm not sure what what happened. They did what they needed to do and they've basically taken over. Mm. So we now now need a stadium that's around the 70,000 mark and it's worth investing in, investing in because the game is just going to get bigger. soccerroo games are going to draw bigger, bigger crowds and attendances. Uh, our grand finals, our League grand finals are going to be bigger and bigger. The sport's going to be bigger. Asian Champions League is going to be bigger. So you're going to need something that will house this. Otherwise, we're going to be in a problem
2: all the time. David, stay on the line. Complimentary pass for you and a mate to go and play golf at Devil Bend. Mornington Peninsula's premier golf destination. 2015 Champions the Card Pack as well. Two Bataki Leg Hams, the uh, Coco Hydro Bottles and you and a friend friends get a Comics Land Gold Pass as well for being a part of the program here with Carlos this afternoon. Off the SMS before we get to the break, Carlos, something for you to think about and respond to, perhaps, after the break with your criticism of the world's greatest venue, the mighty MCG. Mm-hmm. I work on multi-purpose ground, says this anonymous SMSer. It's impossible to get the ground after scratch. AFL want 20mm grass. Soccer want 10 with the grass and semi-dormancy. It won't. Happened. 14 to 2, back with your calls and Carlos after this. Carlos is where this is caused a riot. That's what he's done. Cracker okay. crack of the MCG, is called a ride out there. Someone on the SMS... I won't have it. Yeah, some, someone on the SMS
1: has actually used the term clacker.
2: <laughs> there was things <laughs> yes, I <know>. being shoved <laughs> I
1: in that region. <laughs> That's right. And it was my region too.
2: <laughs> Jeez. I uh, haven't heard clacker for a long time. <laughs> a great SMS. Hey, John's in Greensbury. He wants to continue that discussion, Carlos, with you. I want to talk about Matty Ryan's move to Valencia too shortly. Yeah. But John's with us. G'day, John.
0: Yeah, thanks, fellas. Look, just in relation to, to the ground, I agree with you. I mean, I take all the arguments that it's pretty hard to, to, to prepare the ground up with so much football played on it. But you know what? This This day and age, you've just got to find a way. You've yeah. just got to find a way. They've had plenty of time. They've known what's going to happen. And, you know, at the end of the day, it contributes to why some of these great players are actually taken off the pitch after 25 minutes, 30 minutes, because they're also thinking about, you know, the injury element. And there's a lot, of, a lot invested in these players. And, and it takes away from everything. The spectacle, you know, the risk of injury. Um, and I just don't buy it that they can't prepare it. You know, we should be able to. And if it means you've got to get out of your comfort zone to do it, you've just got to do it. Simple as that.
2: You won't get an argument from me, John. Well, you get an argument from me. I'm not, <laughs> not sure inju- injury is a factor in all, at yeah. all in the players going off the pitch, Carlos. That's one, rubbish trick. One
1: positive, at least they don't have the cricket pitch. In the middle of the ground, which helps AFL too, by the way. Gave you a
2: great new strip down the middle. They've relayed a couple of weeks ago the MCG to make it perfect for you. What
1: more do you want, mate? But the AFL doesn't play with a cricket pitch in the middle, do no, they? No, no. no. They, they've taken no they're all drop these days. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. mate, if they can drop in the cricket pitch, they can drop in the football ground. Sorry. If they can drop in a if they can drop in and take out a cricket pitch, they should be able to drop in a football ground. How many cricket pitches do you reckon make up a, a football ground? And where are you growing know, this listen, football ground of drop in? I haven't got a green thumb. <laughs> You're killing me. I don't me, know gosh. how they do it. You're killing me, Carlos. But uh, I'm with John. Find a way. Just
2: find a way. Jackson St. Kilda. Hello, Jack.
0: Where's Jack? Yeah, hi. Good day good day um, i 'd like to t- first of all i 'd like to speak about Amy Park when Daniel Grollo was building Amy Park. he went to uh, the Premier John Brumby and said to Brum- John Brumby, "I can make it so that you can expand it to forty forty five thousand capacity." John Brumby, being the number one ticket holder at Collingwood, came back and said, "No way jose okay so let 's get that cleared up once and for all now the other thing is about the uh, this uh, ICC Cup, the um, the 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 um, the the teams that are here, I mean, these are the you know some of the top teams in the world, yes. and the pitch that they're playing on is a disgrace, and it, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they refuse to come back here again because it's just not up to scratch, and Real Madrid really are the prima donnas of world football. Um, you know, people have paid thousands of dollars to come here, Australia, uh, Australasia-wise, and they really need to put on a better performance. And thank God, thank goodness that Man City's here because they'll make them perform better. Because last night was a, was a great spectacle for the game.
2: Thank you, Jack. We Thanks. appreciate your call. Get your uh, views out there on the open line. Adams on the road. We'll get to Adam. Hello, Adam.
0: G'day, boys. How are you going? Going well. Good. Love the soccer program. Absolutely love it. I um, wanted to ask Carlos, I'm a big Arsenal fan, wanted to ask him what he thinks about chances are in the Premier League this season uh, and see if you think we, if we need to sign a striker uh, to win the Premier League.
1: Well, you know what I've been really excited about? I'm not an Arsenal fan, I'm a West Ham fan myself, but uh, putting on the neutral hat for a moment, but the fact that you picked up Peter Check, I think that's a fantastic pick-up. He's already talking about... the the spirit in the change room, and he was actually surprised because obviously the the rivalry between Chelsea and Arsenal, I mean, that's that's a very violent rivalry. And uh, for him to cross over in the first place and for Jose Mourinho to give his blessing for him to cross over, that was just an unheard of situation. Mm. But he's now fitted in there and he's doing their pre-season. I think they're in America at the moment or something, or I think they're in Asia at the moment. And uh, he's saying how great you know, the the change room is. And, and I've got a feeling with the signing of Peter Cech, Arsene Wenger will, will start looking at some more mature, experienced players who are quite big names on the world stage. Uh, I just reckon watch this space. I think the movement now is he's given up on the fact that he'll just sign the most highly talented young kids around the world or young players who just after two or three years of playing great football for him, move on. I think he'll, he'll actually recruit for now and he'll start, trying to win things. They're talking about signing some big-name strikers. I just reckon, watch this space with Arsenal. They've got, a, you know, with a Man City and Man United now recruiting really well. Liverpool, um, okay, they've lost Suarez and they've lost Raheem Sterling and Stevie G. But, you know, Benteki and uh, the Milner. I love uh, James Milner. I think he's your, your typical boot room type footballer. He's, oh, he's we fit. love a boot room oh, footballer. Yeah. Danny Ings, another striker they picked up from Burnley. Uh, there's some young kids. Uh, Ibe, Iby, I think, is a young... Jordan Iby, what a fantastic prospect he is, 19 years old. And uh, I just reckon it's a really exciting uh, setup now. And, and also, throwing the fact that Brendan Rodgers is a great manager what he can do with that squad. I just reckon it's going to be terrific, uh, the EPL this season.
2: The overwhelming sentiment of the SMS and uh, the pitch condition of the MCG, it's fine, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit different to the way they play it normally. Uh, we can work out in the Premier League is across the globe, but it's fine. Yeah. If you want to play your pre-season competitions yeah. and not be serious, don't be bringing that to my house <laughs> and whinging about the pitch. That's what they're saying off the SMS. Yeah.